a Hall of Fame edition of the Behind the U podcast. We are joined by former Miami Hurricane and now he can say UM Hall of Famer Willie Smith. Willie, thanks for doing this. Oh, I'm glad, glad, very glad to be a part of it. So, Willie, I was watching the video, your acceptance speech, and you seem to be uh, very touched and overwhelmed by the honor. Why was that? Well, okay, so first of all, I went there in 1982, which has been a while, and my uh, accomplishments started coming in from the championship in 1983 and then getting on the field in 1984 and actually uh, being a big part of our success, even bigger, catching all the passes and touchdowns from Bernie and then the following year from Kozar the first year and then the second season of being on the field, actually being on the field the full time, uh, it was Testaverde. And so with all of that being done in the early 80s, for the University of Miami to call and consider me, you know, in 23, I was like, really? I was like overwhelmed with joy and excitement, you know, because it couldn't have come at a better time. You know, hindsight, if it had happened earlier, I would have been even more thrilled or the same but not as much as now because Chase is playing. My son, my last son, my fourth son is playing at the university of Miami and you put two and two together. And I'm like, wow, I'm getting honored. And he's there. What could be more motivating for him? It just, it's, it, it just blew my mind. And I was like, uh, of course, just tell me what to do. And thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. So I was extremely uh, on cloud now, like I said, and to tell you the God, heaven truth, it's like it, they just called me, you know, so I'm still there. I'm sure I'll, I'll come down to earth uh, here soon. But uh, <laughs> I mean, I look at everything that happened. <laughs> I look at everything that happened leading up to that. I wish I could do it again. I mean, from the Hall of Fame bowling tournament to the golfing tournament, which I never get a chance to golf. You know what I mean? I, I, I could and I want to, but I'd much rather go fishing unless a couple of former teammates, you know, try to get me out there. So the whole process was amazing to me, you know, because, you know, after they, they call and tell you about it, then they have a few events leading up to it. And I did all of the events and they were all so big and so professionally done and so top notch everything that it just kept me on, on cloud now. And then, uh, like I said, I'm about to come down to earth, but not just quite yet. It's only been like a week. Stay up there as long as you can. So why was it so meaningful? Why did it mean so much to you? Um, I'm going to have to say uh, the two-time All-American thing. And uh, so so I got to go and be, you know, hang out with people like Bo Jackson, you know, Tim McGee. There was a lot of them. I can't, I can't remember all of the names and the other running backs and, and, and the wide receivers. I was the only uh, tight end. The different events that we did and going on the Bob Hope show and traveling with those guys, that was special. But, you know, very special. And, you know, even winning the national championship was very special. But this is a different kind of thing because you're talking about the U. Now, when I made my decision to go to the U, I, I could have went to Florida or Florida State, uh, Arkansas, Clemson was looking at me. And so, you know, at one point in time, I was thinking about going north, but I'm like, nah, I need to stay here close, you know, so family members can go to the game. And then deciding to go to the University of Miami, and it was like Jim Kelly's last year and they did really really good and was putting us on the map 
And all we had to do is, uh, you know, it was me and Daryl Oliver kind of made this conscious decision that we're going to, you know, not go to the other schools here. We're going to go help Miami. So we, when we decided that and to see and realize how it happened and then to get those accomplishments and then to get the Hall of Fame to call, it's a, it was a whole process leading up to it. And then for it to actually have materialized and happened, I think that's what made it just all that important. And I think that whole the whole process is why I was so overwhelmed and enjoyed. So it wasn't like, you know, just one little thing. It was leading up to it. It was from the championship and it was from, you know, all all, all the football program, the athletes and the coaches were so close knit and so very serious about winning. And uh, it just taught me so much in life. And like I said, I'm a little older now. And then you add everything up and put it all together. And it's just overwhelming achievement. It's something to die for. You had mentioned uh, in your speech, obviously, and we had talked prior to this, you know, you lost your wife a few years back and your mom as well, very close to each other. So they were looking down and what were they thinking, Willie? Oh, man, what an what a awesome question. Of course, it's a little, a little sensitive because um, my history is about as deep as you can get with as far as hurricane history. So you got my wife that graduated from the University of Miami Nursing School. You got me that graduated from the University of Miami School of Business. My second son graduated from the University of Miami Engineering School. You got Chase that's going to graduate with anything he wants. He's super smart. I think he's doing engineering while playing football. But he's playing football at the University of Miami. Then you also have my wife's mom graduated from the University of Miami Medical School, or, or she, she did part of it there, but she has a degree from the University of Miami. That's just amazing. That's about as much Miami history as you can get. And then when you go from Camille to my mom, my mom is my heart and soul. You know what I mean? She's my uh, the reason for my very existence. And I looked up to her because I got brought up in a single-parent home. My mom was, you know, my hero, man. Think about her listening to that music and making that good food because I was greedy <laughs> and I had to go eat because <laughs> I played sports all the time from four years old. So I was always around when it was time for her to cook and thinking about her playing our music and cooking. She was the best cook in the world. It's gotten awards for it from where we grew up at. And then she, at first she wanted me to go north. And then I kind of explained to her, and I had my, me and my high school coach kind of explained to her, well, you know, he'll have a chance to play here. He's not so far away to where if you want to go to the game or anybody else in the family want to go to the game, Miami's telling him he's going to get a chance to play right away. So we talked to her about that. She thought at first, you know, I would have better opportunities in life if I went north. And we had mostly been south and, and uh, you know, between Jacksonville and Georgia. So she came aboard and uh, she said, son, I know you'll do good no matter where you go and went there. And then so she, Camille passed exactly five years, months from leukemia. And she worked in uh, the NICU saving small babies lives for over 30 years. And she um, got diagnosed uh, five years before that. We tried to live the best life that we can and enjoy you know, the chemo eventually overtook her. And my mom, she, she was getting a little tired. She had some medical stuff. She had had a stroke and a very serious stroke. 
And she's always been a big, strong woman that kind of move around and this and that and does everything multitask. You got to remember, she brought up seven kids by herself. Oof. And then she didn't bring them up like one here, one five years, one five years. Me and my sister actually have our same birthday for a while at the same time. So so, so <laughs> we were both conceived in the, within a year. So that's how many, you know, just give you an idea that she was bringing all, a whole gang of us up at the same time by herself and, and, and try, trying to do uh, a little work. But, I mean, that was a full-time job right there. I bet. You know, yeah, I, I, I love and miss them both from the bottom of my heart. And uh, it'll always be like that, you know, every little thing, single thing that comes up, you know, every other day in my life will remind me of my mom or my wife. Change the trajectory of your career or find your new passion. Both are possible at the University of Miami's Division of Continuing and International Education. The division offers over 50 courses with online and hybrid options for on-the-go professionals and busy parents. Visit miami.edu slash DCIE to learn more or call our enrollment advisors at 305-284-4000 to discover which course is right for you. So you mentioned uh, your mom wanted you to go north. You and Dar- you said kind of you and Daryl Oliver agreed to go to UM. You kind of wanted to go south. You know, they talked about an opportunity for you. And you also said earlier, hey, the you. But back then, it really wasn't the you the way we know it now. So what did sort of interest you and ultimately had you commit and play for Howard Schnellenberger and the University of Miami? Because that was, you know, 40 years ago, Miami football was completely different than it is today. Right. Okay. So, so here's the deal behind that to get more specific. I could probably give you more, a little bit more information than you have. It wasn't the U until we won that championship. Right. Now, the way we won that championship, if you remember, okay, so it was Nebraska against the University of Miami. Nebraska had this team, which they called uh, the media, you know, and some coaches and everything, a program that was the greatest football team ever assembled. They, they won their average game by 33 points. So we came in there and beat them, and that's when it started, the real you. You know what I mean? Everybody that came in uh, had that mentality and was putting up everything. That's when we started getting the Melvin Brattons and all the local guys and everything, okay? Because if you're in state, you're local anyway. So right before that, right before that, so that's why I'm telling you, tell you it was already getting started. Um, I just seen an interview with Jim Kelly three days ago or so, and uh, they were talking about the USFL or something like that, and he was talking about his – no, they were talking about quarterbacks in the, in the early 80s, 80, 81, and 82. And Jim Kelly was on there, and his exact words were, we're putting Miami on the map, turning it to a prominent – college football team and we're here and we're here to stay we had beat Penn State which was pretty high ranked up there and uh that was before I actually signed uh, I'm pretty sure so it was becoming to you it was becoming to you in 81 and 82 and maybe 80 but 81 and 82 I know for sure and we beat some really really good teams and they went to a bowl game so when I came, I was really a part of the same process. It started just a little bit before. I gotcha. You can you can actually break it all the way down. So I, I would actually say eighty because Jim was already there, and then they did really good in eighty-one. I watched them on television, and I went to one of the games, and then I was there, me and Daryl, and everything for eighty-two. We had actually 
um, met at, at the state track meet. We both went to state at track, and then we've been cool every since. What was Howard like? What uh, intrigued you about him? What made you want to play for him? What made you want to be a part of his offense? If I was to try to describe Howard, because, uh, you know, I know him personally, and, and of course, uh, knew and respected him and feared him as a coach, uh, just about, because uh, how strong his presence was. I would say, like, uh, he's one of the first people or men that I've met in my life that right off the bat, you could tell he was a no-nonsense kind of person. And uh, you were coming there for a reason. And, of course, one of them was your, your degree. But uh, we're doing something big around here. And we're looking for people that want to be a part of it and uh, want to be on board. And that's going to give 100%. And without him speaking, you can sense and feel that if you're not going to give him 100%, then this probably is not the place for you. And it was serious all the way from the meetings, learning your, the contents of your playbook, from being on time, things as simple as going to a meeting room and having on a hat. You could sense all that about Howard right away. And it was something that I hadn't really had in my life in terms of uh, male figures. So for me personally, that part was there too. So I'm like, uh, this this is good. Pretty much a little bit more than uh, I want. It looks like uh, <laughs> if I'm late or if I do something wrong, one thing wrong, I'm in big trouble. I might be running all day and all night or something. So I was uh, thinking uh, it might not be a good idea to try this guy. Like I've tried other people and some of my high school coaches and stuff like that. So, uh, you know what I mean? Want to see a girl and be late for practice or miss practice or something like that. I was thinking, no, 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 no. I think this guy's going to take this. His presence is too strong. And, I, and I've seen it with the coaches, how they reacted with him, how the, the players that were already there reacted with him. So uh, me and Daryl just jumped right on board and said, uh, we better we, we listen to this guy. He probably can help us out in many ways. And so – my impression of him would be almost like I think the average person might look at, um, you know, like a president or something uh, where people would look up to people like that. That was my impression of a Howard, that he wasn't an ordinary man. To top off with that cigar and his <laughs> voice, that was it. When you think of great football and baseball, you think about the you. When you get hurt in a car, truck, or motorcycle wreck, you need to think Lebovic Law Group. At Lebovic Law Group, you come first. We work to get you all the money you are entitled to. Injured? You need to call or click Lebovic. Lebovic Law Group, the exclusive sponsor of the Miami Hurricanes and proud sponsor of all things you. Go you! Did I see someone? Did you play cornerback, defensive back in high school, or at least your junior year? I had a storied career in high school. You know, I, 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 could, I couldn't dare go up there and, and talk about all the different things and, and congratulate my, you know, my second grade and first grade teachers who I love and my pets and stuff, which I ain't never had none. But I just couldn't do all that. But let me tell you, when you come to high school football, that I had a time of my life just like I did in college. But high school ball was so busy and fun to give you an idea so play baseball I pitch I was a pitcher I eventually that's the only one I dropped I played in 10th grade which was my freshman year in high school when I played you know the programs all the programs were pretty good and it was a high demand for it most of the kids that were on the team they played year-round 
because they wanted to be good and went and go to the state. They ended up doing stuff like that. So I seen how committed they was. I played and I had fun, and they would bring me right in. And some of them would be sad because I played all these other sports and I didn't do all the stuff that they did. So that was the only one I ended up dropping, and there were some colleges already looking at me. So I played pitcher and baseball, and that was just unbelievable because I've always played all sports growing up as a kid. Then there's track. So I ran track. I made it to the state in the high jump, and I did the high jump in the 220. I had a blast. It was good, and, of course, you know, making it to the state is, like, unreal. That's, That's real special. Then basketball, the same thing. I mean, all city, all the time. Average 21 points a game. Played basketball, and it was wonderful. So there you go. I played basketball, football, baseball, ran track. I mean, I did I did it all. The only one I ended up dropping was baseball because, you know, it was just – I felt personally it was unfair to them that they worked so hard all year round, and, and that's how they were starting to do it with baseball. And then they actually was doing it with basketball too, but the love of basketball, I didn't mind them just putting me in there from football. We had a couple of little ruffles. The, the, the coach at, at one point, uh, the baseball coach was pretty cool, and I kind of knew him growing up a little bit. And, but the basketball coach was like, well, we, we practice all the time. They did, and they, and they made it to the state a couple times. They were pretty good. And um, don't play football. And I'm like, huh? So I went to the football coach and told the football coach, the basketball coach said, I can't play football. Coach, football coach went to the principal. And the principal had to rearrange that. Uh, yeah. uh, I was a part of that. He said, oh, no. And I told him, and it's true, because a lot of those guys, we had some big guys playing football, or basketball in high school that wouldn't play football, and nobody understood. Well, that's because the basketball coach was telling them that, that they couldn't, because he was really, really good. And of course, we're not going to name any names, and hopefully, you know, nobody don't, you know, and listen to this thing, you know, get upset or anything like that. But yeah, that was the fact of the matter. That, that we're being told, you know what I mean, to, to play the one sport. And I'm like, of all of them, if I can make the team, let me play this, that's their dedication that they want to do it all year. But I got other sports to play, so I can't. If I had one sport, I would have done it. I would have done it all the time. So that's how that went down. And, uh, uh, yeah, I had a blast. And uh, But I read you were a defensive back. Is that true? Oh, compared to how I got to be a tight end? Yeah. Oh, that's a story in itself. That's what I want to hear. So in high school, yes, I was a 6'2 defensive back, really good. And I, I broke the state record and maybe even still have it. I think I got the key to the city. One of the seasons I had 14 interceptions, which sounds crazy, doesn't it? Wow. That sounds crazy even now today. So one of the seasons I had 14 interceptions. So, so you got to remember, too, this you probably don't know either. Miami recruited me as a defensive back and a wide receiver, and everybody else did. So. I was about 6'2", didn't grow anymore. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, 6'2", 185 pounds. I played defensive back and wide receiver, not tight end. So when I got to Miami and started lifting the right way and getting the right rest and eating all the available good food that they had for us, I went to, to 200 immediately, probably, I don't know, right when I got to campus. So after a year of training and all that, body fat didn't go up that much. I was at 225. And that was a little heavy, and that brought down my speed a little bit, which I was never a speedster. So, you know, average was probably 4'6". Howard called me in his office after seeing me out there playing and practicing and everything, and he said, I have an opportunity for you to play and play the way. 
I said, really? Okay, let's do it. <laughs> and he said, well, it consists of a few things. And he said, uh, I'm going to let you know, and you can talk to your, your, your family about it, and you can actually transfer if, if you don't want to do it, and I'll help you out. He said, because I think that's the best thing for you, and that's going to be your best opportunity to play here, which wasn't going to be wide receiver or defensive back. They had already cut all the defensive back stuff off when I came, and so it's just wide receiver and more like a possession kind of wide receiver. He said, uh, if you switch to tight end, and Glenn Dennison was there, and he wasn't too big, you know what I mean? He ended up playing for the Jets for a few years and everything. He ended up doing good, and I, and I loved him and loved watching him because he never dropped the ball like me. I'm like, uh, yeah, I guess. The only, the only thing, uh, he said, so if you switch tight end, you know what I mean, it'll be good and it'll be a good position for him. You can play it. And the first thing came to my mind is just block it. Yeah, I was, I was going to ask you some bad dudes on that defensive line in, in, on your teams. Yes, we had a lot of you know people that went to the NFL, and it was really good on the defense and I, I had to go through that all the time. But anyway, I also, I'm like, uh, you know, yeah, the blocking, hopefully I could do good. But I said, I, you know, I'll, I'll try. I'll try it if, they, if I'm going to play. And I already knew we had a professional style offense. So I know the tight end was very much a part of catching the ball. And so I was thinking about that more than the blocking. And then that's what they ended up doing with me. I was more what you call a receiving tight end. But of course I had to block whenever we did some running plays. So I was just happy we did uh, mostly passing plays. <laughs> <laughs> All I had to do was get away from the big, slow guys, and then I'm home free. And we're doing the damn thing and moving the ball down the field. So, yeah, that's how I got to tight end. I went there, and I, I put on a whole bunch of muscle and got bigger. You know, I already had pretty much the heights. Back then, the tight ends were not all 6'4", 6'5", 6'6", 6'7". They were more like anywhere from 6'2", to 6'4". And I was six two and a half, so it was pretty cool. So when you first got there, you were in the same room as Eddie Brown and Michael Irvin came too. So no, were, no, 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 no. When I when I first got there, uh, uh, no, they were. Uh, it was more. Uh, they put you more than just your position. They do the position a lot, but they did it more from from. from so when I first got there, it was me and Daryl Oliver. We came in together. We're from. He's from Palaka. I'm from Jacksonville. So it's me and Daryl Oliver. They had apartment suites. But you you started as a wide receiver though, right? You were in the wide receiver room. Oh yeah, I was in. Oh yeah, for a whole year I was in the meeting rooms with Eddie Brown, Stanley Shakespeare, and uh, I got to think of some of the other ones: Rocky Bell, Lawrence Thompson. Oh yeah. So yeah, I was I was yeah I was in the receiver. Yeah yeah absolutely. All just, right. Just just all receivers. I didn't go in that tight end thing to a year later. Make this the day your life changes. The all-new UFIT Gyms has been created to give you exactly what you need to accelerate your fitness results, including state-of-the-art equipment and a new cross-functional turf training area. Enjoy personal training as low as $35 and new small group training classes, including HIT Plus. Take it to the next level with personalized nutrition from Eat Love, along with anywhere, anytime access to UFIT on demand with over 1,000 workouts. Reach your goals faster at the new UFIT Gyms. Here's a big one. I'm, I'm throwing a big softball at you. They call Miami tight end you. And I think I asked this to your son. I think I interviewed him once last year. Should your name be mentioned more? It is. I mean, I, I don't know what, what you're looking at, but uh, it, it is. Now, um, to the levels of NFL, because I didn't play that much in NFL and all that, just had a few opportunities and stuff. Then, uh, you know, I get it. But anytime it's mentioned about the you, uh, it should always come up and come up uh, basically first. If you if you look at that, I can send this to you 
immediately, but you should be able to find it easy. So they got all the stats, the receiving stats, uh, the amount of catches, and the receiving yards per season and games or something. And I'm in the top 10 twice. I'm number one and number five. So that is about as much as you can mention it right there. I'm with you. No, no, I'm with you. I, I didn't mean that as a negative. I meant that as a positive, like that uh, sometimes our, our – Oh, yeah. Our well, I mean, our some our, people our, just don't remember. Right, you got to remember right, correct, I'm older. Cor- that's, that's why. I'm older. That's all that is. That's recency Anybody bias. Anybody around that era, anything, they that's all they do. They, they, they're quick to tell anybody about me and defend me and, and everything. They, they do it uh, all the time. Have you been on – have you seen your name up there in the rafters in the indoor? Oh, yeah. Uh, as a matter of fact, I can give you a little bit of history on that, too, because that, that's not the first time, you know. Um, were you around, or do you know anything about the fence around Green Tree? Yes, yes. So you remember when they did the fence? Yes. They did the fence when Al Golden was there. Yep. So he called. they called me over there. I went over and set up in his office and everything, and he said, we're going to be putting you up on the fence, you know, as an All-American and everything. And I said, wonderful. I, I went out by the fence and took some pictures and everything. And uh, me and my wife and the boys, Chase was, a, I don't know if Chase was born yet, but uh, but the, the, the third son probably was. We took some pictures by the fence and everything. And uh, that was great. I think I just got a call about they're going to do the Raptors things in the new in the new place. So, uh, yeah, that's a big deal now. That's just about as, it's not as big as this Hall of Fame, but I mean, that's that's really, really nice. And then, uh, you know, anybody goes in there and it's great for my son to see that all the time while he's there. I mean, what more could he need to motivate him? All right. So you had a storied career, all kinds of records. What was your best game? Willie Smith, Hall of Famer, All-American. What was your best game? You know, you always want to pick a game where you win. So I cannot give you one game. I can give you two. One we won, one we lost. So the first one, of course, I'm going to go with the winner because I am a winner. My greatest game and my biggest thrill, actually, I have to give you three. And I'll give them to, to you in the order of importance. All right. So the first one is going to be the first one I made it on the field. If you look this up, you'll see we played Auburn in the kickoff classic. Yes, I remember. My very first catch is to die for. That's when the ball got tipped a few times, this and that. And it's almost like a one-handed catch down in the middle of the field. And it was unreal. So that one. The second game is going to be the one we lost to, and they they broke a history record. It was at home against Maryland. And I literally had 11 catches, two touchdowns in the first half. I mean, it it had to be 10 catches, two touchdowns, and I caught two more after that or whatever. But in the first half was unreal. I'm going to say I had 10 catches, two touchdowns in the first half, and we're killing them by 30-some points. They broke a record with the greatest comeback ever and ended up winning. And a part of that probably had to do with me because I only had two catches the second half. And then, and I was thrown to twice. That was going to be the losing one. And, of course, uh, uh, my greatest game of all time where I was thrilled, was not, not too far from, from Jacksonville and everything, not too far. From, it was in Tampa. The Gators made us play them at a neutral site. Of course, they was already getting afraid of us. We played them at a neutral site in Tampa, and I had family and friends, and the stadium was packed. And I think y'all mentioned, we mentioned one of those in the, on, the, on the program, I think, in the thing. And that would be the greatest game ever when we beat the Gators and we came back and I made a very, very critical catch. 
as soon as we got the ball, we were all the way down there. We only needed a field goal to win. And I think I got like 40 yards, 50 yards on the first play. And we were already in field goal range, and that game was about to be over. I don't think there's a better way to end it than you telling a great story about your performance, and it involves beating the Gator. I think that's a good way to end it. Yeah, yeah, I think, I think it's time. <laughs> yes, sir. We have to end All it right. on that because it can't, it can't get any no better than that. that. All right, Willie Smith, thank you so much for doing this. Uh, your, your career speaks for itself. Your accomplishment speaks for itself. Great to see you get inducted the other night. Hopefully see you down here over the next couple of years with Chase. Appreciate you being on Behind the U. Absolutely. Anytime, my brother, and you have a blessed one. You too. All right, that was Willie Smith on the Behind the U podcast, the Hall of Famer. Before we get out of here, I want to tell you, you can join us at Gulfstream Park this winter with live action Wednesday through Sunday. You can enjoy entertainment outdoors at the Carousel Club or Feast in Ten Palms. If you're not hungry, there's plenty to do. You can visit on-site shopping locations, fashion stores, home furnishings. They got it all. For schedules, reservations, and tickets, visit GulfstreamPark.com.